The first week of Lent, we launched off with Deacon Jeff's homily about temptation and reminded us of the tendency that we have to sin in our lives. Everybody does. We're wounded by original sin, and it happens. And the reality of temptation is, takes us to the fact that we, we can't save ourselves, that we are going to fall sometimes from, to sin, and we can't save ourselves from sin. Then the second Sunday of Lent, Jesus came and was transfigured before Peter, James, and John, and he showed them the glory of God, the glory of God in the world, the glory of God in Jesus, who would address all of our weaknesses, all of our sins, and bring about the absolute healing remedy of them through forgiveness. And we also said that when Jesus was transfigured, the glory of God in his fully human body, he came and, and he has a, a personal touch, a personal relationship, a personal desire to be with you, to relate to you, and brings that personal touch of God to each and every one of our lives. Today, as Deacon Jeff proclaimed the gospel about the woman at the well, we see how that personal touch works and is so beautiful and wonderful. It has to do with each and every one of our lives. If you call yourself a saint, if you call yourself a sinner, or anything in between, this is the personal touch of Jesus. And one of the cool things that, that I noticed this time, and I've read this gospel over and over again, maybe you have too, one of the things that I noticed this time is at the very beginning, it's because my attention span is really weak, so I see what's at the beginning and then forget about what's at the end, but did you notice that, that Jesus was tired because of the journey or whatever it was? But, but he was tired, and he ended up at high noon at the well when the sun was brightest and the hottest point of the day. And that woman, the Samaritan woman, was there too, not because she enjoyed the sun and wanted to sunbathe, but rather she was there for two reasons. One is that she was really thirsty. She had a physical thirst, but there was a thirst that was deep within herself, a thirst in her soul, if you will. And that thirst in her soul was ultimately for God, but the thirst in her soul was because, well, she had to go to the well at noon because she had been thrown out, ostracized from her community. She'd been divorced so many times, and she was living with a man to whom she was not married. And that was a big transgression. It still is a sin today, but it's a big transgression in the Jewish faith to say that, that you're, you're, not, you're not in a marriage, you're not to be living with another man. And so she was ostracized from her community because of that. So she wasn't accepted. And that's why she was at the, the, the well at noon, because nobody else was going to go to the well at noon, because it was too hot. They'd go in the morning or, or, or the evening to socialize and to draw water. Yeah, she was thirsty, but the thirst was deep down in her soul as well. All right, now get this, get this. So Jesus was tired from his journey, he was thirsty. Okay, I get that, I get that. But here's an, an insight that I had that I want to share with you. Do you remember the parable of Jesus being the good shepherd who leaves the 99 sheep behind and goes in search of the one lost sheep? Was it, there's only one person with Jesus at the well, right? He'd been on a search for this one lost sheep. And I tell you what, 
she had given him a run for his money. She'd been lost for a long time. Just think about her relationships. She'd been lost for a long time. He wasn't tired because he was endlessly pursuing her. Not at all. But that tired shows us how persistent God is with each and every one of us, that he does not give up on us, on you or on me. That's what that fatigue is depicting, the good shepherd seeking out the lost sheep. So when they met, okay, it was at noon, like we said, the sun was at its highest, and we're supposed to get this from that description. Sun bright, who, who, oh, oh, the Son of God, who is the light of the world. The light had found this woman and was shining brightly in her life. And this time, friends, she didn't run from it. She put up a fight, but she didn't run from it. This was the moment of encounter, that personal touch with Jesus, which could have happened way earlier, but she was the one who was running from it because of various reasons. Shame, I'm not good enough, my life experiences, I'm wounded. I mean, something had happened that you're married so many times and then you're not married. I mean, there's lots going on in a person's life when that happens. There's wounds, and you start acting from those wounds, and quite frankly, sometimes you run away from God because of those wounds. But this was the time for that personal touch from Jesus. And as he started talking to her, he, he got her attention. And, but, but, but she did some things that are very characteristic of us once God gets our attention. You notice that she said, oh, oh you're thirsty, right? You're thirsty. Uh, well, you don't even have a bucket. What, what, what are you up to anyway? You don't even have a bucket. How, how are you going to give me something to drink if you're thirsty? I mean, so, so she started to put up some objections to, to, to encounter Jesus, but he just stayed there with her. And, and he also was, was, was willing to converse with her when he was saying, well, wait a minute, you're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan and we don't get along with each other, so we might as well just not do anything here. We just, just leave me alone and, and, and go your way. Oh, yeah, and we, we worship on a di- in a different place than you do, and you guys are right, so you might as well just trash me because I'm not worth it or you're not worth it either. Okay, all these excuses, all these excuses. What happens is that when we encounter Jesus, when the light is shining, we see ourselves, and there are some things we see that we don't like, and we're going to say, Jesus, because I don't like this about myself, you're bound to reject me sometime or another, so you might as well do it now, and I'll throw all these objections at you right now, so that'll be it. But what did he do? He stuck with her. In fact, in fact, When he did say to her that he was thirsty, give me a drink, he could have been talking about the physical water that he needed because it was a long journey. But do you remember the other time when Jesus said that he was thirsty? You remember the other time that Jesus said he was thirsty? When he was on the cross, he said, I thirst. And that thirst could have been that physical thirst we all have, but that thirst 
was he saying, I'm thirsting for you because I know you're broken, I know you've sinned, I know you're wounded, and I'm here for you, and I thirst for you to the point where I'm going to pour out my blood and die for you. This is what he was saying to her. I am thirsty. I thirst for you. And eventually, she got it. She started to catch it. And she realized, she realized that the well, now I'm putting this in quotes now, okay? The well that she was going to go to day in and day out to drink from was the well of her own woundedness, the well of her own sinfulness, the well of her own behaviors that compensated, tried to make up for those sins that she was committing, and it was no good. It was like poison water. It was making her just as ill, if not sicker. She was going to the wrong well, in other words. Just like we do, too. <laughs> we can go to the wrong well when we're hurting, when we're wounded, when we're injured, when we're sinful. We can go to the wrong well and just keep that thing going over and over and over again. But then, but then, after all these objections and et cetera that we heard about, all the machinations, she opened her heart. God respected her freedom, right? She opened her heart, and she drank of the living water of Jesus. Then what did she do? She forgot that she had her alabaster jar there. Did she fill it? Probably not. She ran off to the village because she realized this well water is no good. Jesus is the water, the living water that I see. Do you see how she changed? It sounded to feel like she was joyful when you were proclaiming that gospel. It felt like it to me. There was joy. Did she have joy when she was having that repartee with Jesus? No. There was joy in her and freedom. You know what? She probably went down and told people about Jesus, the very same ones who had ostracized her, who had said, you're no good. Get out of here. We don't want you in our presence. She probably went and told those people. It's because she went to the village where she lived. There was freedom and joy that she experienced with the living water. Jesus, who thirsted for her, who never gave up on her. And that divine appointed moment was exactly the personal touch that she needed. Okay, put it all together for you and for me. Like I said at the beginning of Mass or at the beginning of homily, doesn't matter if you're a saint, you know, please be, please be it. Doesn't matter if you're a saint, a sinner, or anything in between. We all need this story. We all need the personal touch of Jesus. We all need healing. We all need forgiveness. And we can do the same kinds of machinations like that woman did. And we can delay the appointed hour, the appointed time, or the appointed times uh, when we can encounter the Christ, the Shepherd, 
who is constantly seeking us. And this gospel says that nobody's far gone. God does not give up on you. In fact, don't you give up on God. And, and why not now, why not now encounter him? He who is the living water. All you have to do, all I have to do, is say yes, and let's stop drinking from the well that poisons us and drink the true water, the living water, who is Christ. How about if you ponder that personal touch this week as you go about your daily lives and your business? Personal touch, the living water, who is Christ. Christ.